just can't do. The last two we cannot do. Philippians chapter 2, verse 4, read for me, Diane. Don't be concerned only about your own interests, but also be concerned about the interests of others. All right, now we're talking about uh, uh, the mindset, the mind of Christ, the way we should think, and the way we, we should always bear in mind that how we think and how we act has an influence and an effect on others. We should always be cognizant of that fact. And we can't stress this enough as Christians, as children of God, we can't stress it enough that your attitude will affect the attitudes of those around you. And your attitude will affect what people learn about Christ from you. Even in the midst, As a matter of fact, this morning we talked about how Stephen, even while he was being stoned, while they were throwing the rocks and while they were trying to murder him, murder him, he still readjusted his focus and looked up to heaven. And God moved on his behalf. And at some point, somebody came out of that crowd and was kind enough to take him back and put Stephen uh, out of his memory, out of his, out of his misery. Uh, uh, and they said the same thing uh, for, for James. Uh, uh, it's an extra biblical account, of, if you will. Uh, James, the, the, the brother of Jesus, they say that uh, uh, they came and took him because he was known as a man of great faith. They said his knees were almost, they were like camel's knees because he spent so much time praying. He went from somebody who didn't believe to one of the most respected men in the, ch in the church down in Jerusalem. Well, at one point, somebody went and got him, and they said, we will let you go if you will just denounce Jesus. And they took him into a, on a high point and said, just denounce Jesus, and we'll let you live. He said, I refuse. I can't because I know who he is. Now remember, he went from knowing Jesus as his physical brother to coming to know him as his spiritual brother, his Lord and his master. How could he deny him? So upon him, they took him up there and they said, just yell out from here, because they knew how influential he was. And they said, just yell out from here, and surely if people will see what is faithful as you, willing to turn back from Christ, then it will influence the whole crowd. But as they took him up there, he went up there, and he says, I refuse, I, I refuse to denounce Jesus Christ, my Lord and master. At that point, they pushed him out and he fell down into the crowd, breaking just about every bone in his body. Mm -hmm. And somebody kindly, as they were hurling insults and spitting upon him, came out and, and ended his misery with a bat. Mm -hmm. And not a baseball hook, but with a club, if you will. So the thing is, there's some suffering that goes with standing up for Jesus. Now, just sometimes you'll have to stand. Sometimes you'll have to endure. As a matter of fact, you'll always have to endure, and you'll always have to stand. Remember, people are looking at you, and what they see in you will influence them and their attitudes toward the Lord. And see, the thing is, attitudes that affect others, they're negative attitudes. Attitudes we simply cannot do, right? And so then we go on. Selfishness is one of those attitudes. See, uh, uh, it says that, read that, Caleb. Always putting themselves first, whether it be in food, whether it be an opportunity, whether it be in compassion, whether it be in care, whether it be in affection. It's always about them first. It's always about them getting theirs first and them being satisfied first and you seeing about them first before they can do anything for you. That's selfish. That's selfish. And see, Luke 12, 25 to 32, talks about the prodigal brother. Not the prodigal son. 
with the prodigal brother. Y'all remember that once he finally came home and, and, and the father said, kill the fatted calf so that we can rejoice. My son who is dead is now alive. Everybody in the house was happy except for his brother. His brother was like, you ain't never killed no calf for me. <clears throat> I've been in here all this time. I've done everything you said. I never disrespected you. You know how we always tell them lies? Uh, we start using those emotional words, I never did, and I always did. Uh, and you, you are always never did lie. Because just by this attitude, you're showing your ingratitude. And his father had to come to him and say, son, you're, you're the oldest boy. See, and sometimes we have to be reminded of all that we have. Sometimes we're so selfish, we take for granted what God has given us. So his father had to, after both, imagine his father's emotions. He went from rejoicing and lifting up his, his, his son who he thought was dead. Now he's got to go and sit down in front of his oldest boy. Y'all know that feeling? When you think you're getting, you, you know, you, you're getting the house in order? As soon as you get one in order, then it seems like another one falling apart. And so he had to go over there and sit down and say, son, listen here. All that I have is yours. Huh? This brother of yours was dead. Now he's alive. Huh? You have always had everything. You're the oldest son. And according to Jewish tradition, he would get all of what his father had and a double portion. Your father has your, your, your brother has wasted everything. Why can't you rejoice at the fact that he's home? Amen. Huh? Why can't you take the, 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 the attention off of you and what you think you're being slighted of? What you think you ain't got, and what you think you missing, and what you think you missing out on. Can't you take your attention off that long enough to rejoice? Huh? You know, we can, we can be that way. Somebody get a job, and they're like, and here I am. I still ain't got no job. But with an attitude like that, you never win. Huh? Learn to rejoice. Right? And then it says here, uh, Galatians 5.20. See, when you're selfish, that's a work of flesh. Cheyenne, when, when a person is, is being selfish, that, they're not functioning on a spiritual level. They've sank to the base level. They're working from their flesh. Right? They've rejected the power of God. And they're not being what God wants them to be. And they can't be useful for anybody else in their life. Huh? That's when you're being selfish. And see, Philippians 2, 3 through 4 tells you more about that. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 5. But you might say, I see selfishness, and I don't see myself as selfishness. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see it. Right? But here's the thing. Selfishness causes one to neglect others. Use others with an improper perspective and can lead to ungodly conduct. So guess what? If, if, if you're mistreating somebody, if you're talking to them wrong, See, if you're neglecting others, not checking in on them, not seeing about them, only talking to them when you want something from them, ready to use them, you don't pick up the phone unless you can benefit from it, you don't text unless you can benefit from it, that makes you selfish. Huh? Y'all know those phone calls that only come when somebody's in trouble? Huh? And then it's hurry up. Yesterday, and now their emergency, their mess up now has to be your emergency. 
Huh? But if you just keep being in contact the way you ought to, me checking on you, you checking on me, then we we, we be better prepared. And there's some things we can avoid. Huh? So, he said, so the thing is, you think about it, am I, am I neglecting somebody? Am I mistreating somebody? And when I'm doing that, see, when I'm doing that, I'm going to have an improper perspective, and I'm going to always think I'm being slighted. Because it wasn't about me first. That makes sense to anybody? Church can't work like that. Relationship can't work like that. Marriage can't work like that. When it's about self, you see, you got to be about God. And God teaches you how to be about each other. You can't learn that from each other. My fault, me. Lisa can't be the hardest of that. I'm trying to do something right now. My fault. Some gangster stories for me to say in this way. The thing is, it's true. Selfish. And selfishness only leads to one thing. Ungodly conduct. It doesn't lead you to a good place. So when I'm being selfish, you're being selfish. Somebody's time here is going to end up being hurt. It might be you. It might be me. It might be an innocent party that has to pay for our selfishness. And that's not all right. It's not all right. And how many innocent people do we have paying for our selfishness? Huh? Huh? And then here we go on. And it says there, uh, uh, pride and arrogance. What does that say, Shania? Pride. Think more highly of himself than he ought to. Uh-huh. We have a tendency to do that sometimes, right? And we ought to be careful. Arrogance is an attitude of superiority toward others. You might not think that you're thinking more highly of yourself than you ought. But see, if you listen to your own thoughts and, and check out how you're viewing people and that contempt that you feel inside, it comes from a place of self-exaltation and thinking you're better. Huh? That's why I often thought that it was, it was often good for, 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 for young people, sometimes if there's any good reason for young people to play sports, is to play sports to work some of the pride and arrogance out of them. And I'm not talking about uh, 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 those, those, those individual sports like golf and tennis. Not that they aren't sports. And not that it doesn't take athleticism. Because it does. But when you play on the team, else or pick up the plays better than everybody else. And he had a very short attention span. I mean, a very short, uh, a very short uh, patience, short fuse with everybody. So instead of him being the best player and having the best player ought to have, you know who the best player really is? The best player on the team is the one with the best attitude. That's the best player. I don't care how many God-given gifts you have. You're not the best player until you get a better attitude. Because the best attitude works to make each other, works to help each other get better. It's the better attitude that when we're, like you heard me talk to uh, my cousin last week about running those suicides. One thing, one thing that would always happen when we had to run suicides at the end of practice, the coach would always say, if somebody's dragging, we'll be running again. 
Huh? And it would be that time. It would be that time when uh, uh, sometimes others, sometimes myself, after running mine, I'd get back out there and run with the big men, the slowest men on the team. And we'd run back and forth with them. Come on, man. Come on, come on. Come on, we made it. We made it. Come on, come on, come on. Let's go, let's go. And I'm dog tired too. But that's not an excuse because we're on the same team. And I'm going to need him in the fourth quarter too. So I come off that side like, come on, big man. Let's go, let's go, let's go. We can do this. Come on, come on. And you got to push everybody. We're only as good as the last one that's lagging. So we got to look out and help each other make it through. Does that make sense? Yeah. See, when you're arrogant, all you're thinking about is yourself. And I'm tired. I don't feel like it. And I ain't got that to do. And I'm inconvenienced by you. And if I don't, you get better. And if I don't, you try harder. And why don't you do this and you do that. Why don't you try helping them out? If you're going to criticize. Huh? And, and something else. You remember Naaman? Remember Haman? Esther? Nebuchadnezzar? Pharisees? They were all. See, and when you're arrogant, you can't even see. You won't even see your own shortcomings. Naaman was filled with sores, but still had the audacity to want to go to some clean water. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Huh? You, come, you come in places and all of a sudden you become real, 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 real snooty and particular. Hmm? It reminds me we used to go down, we used to go down south and, and stay with my, my relatives down there. And, and they make that pallet on the floor. And when that floor, it might be a little dust, might be a little red clay down there. But we didn't hesitate to get on that bed. We just stopped and said, this is not like my bed at home. This is not like my clean sheets at home. Are there bed bugs down there? No, 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 because when you got down there, you knew that these folk were giving you the very best that they had. They took time, they took energy to wash that quilt and lay it out for you. They used their best and they gave it to you. So you laid down and shut your mouth. And you were glad that a roof was still over your head. Does that not make you? Do you understand where I'm coming from? Some of us haven't seen enough or don't understand hard enough, they haven't learned to appreciate it. <coughs> Some of us have been sitting comfortable for a little too long and forgot about how others struggle, how they put their best foot forward. When you go to somebody's house, some people don't even want to have some of the youth devotionals at their house. You know why? Because they're afraid people won't come in and criticize their house. Oh. Truth of the matter is that there's some of us who might try that. But for the most part, we won't. But see, when somebody thinks like that, it's oftentimes, it's oftentimes because they think like that. Because if they go into somebody's house, they're going to be judging somebody's house. No, somebody let you come in their house, you'd be glad. You'd be respectful. And you accept everything with gratitude. That's what, that's what my mama taught me. Taught me, you better not. And if we did disrespect, if we did show any, 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 any airs, if you will, believe me when we got home, every bit of arrogance and pride would be beat out. <laughs> but you just don't do that. You don't do that. Because you got to remember who lifted you. 
Proverbs 8, 13 tells you a little bit about that. And Proverbs 16, verse 18. So pride and arrogance, we can't use those attitudes. We can't. We just can't. We can't use them. We can't. I know we talk about them all the time. But we got to understand, we simply can't use them. And in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4, Romans 12, 3, see, it says have lowliness of mind. Condescend to the lowest of those who you know. Huh? So, so it shouldn't matter. When we when we standing there in line, uh, Cheyenne, and we were waiting for the for the food at the buffet, it didn't matter who came up and talked to us. Like the man, the older man started the conversation with you, and Cheyenne just said, Yes, sir, no sir, that's right, sir, and just started and kind of laughed and talked with him. An older man. I was standing, I was standing in, the, in the gas station and I, I, my face must have been messed up. Well, my mom always told me I had a face for crumbs. But I'm standing there and I wasn't grinning. And I wasn't grinning. Right? And this little, little, little elderly man comes and he said, I'm going to tell you something. I said, what's that? He said, See, I'm going to tell you what's going to You're going to get up there and she's going to charge you for that stuff. She did it to me yesterday. We were standing in line and some stuff about it. He said, she's going to do it. I come in here every day. And when you get up there, she's going to charge you for that stuff in your hand. I got some tickets. That's a good one. <laughs> and he touched me on the shoulder. He came up and he just, he just automatically touched me. Some of us, because we're so prideful and arrogant, a person can't touch us. Somebody come up and touch you on the shoulder. You don't know me. You don't know me and you don't know nobody who know me. You don't gotta touch me to talk to me. Huh? That's why some of my German folks gotta be careful. Because you gotta remember, you're just as dirty as they are. You're just as dirty as they are. And remember, when you're cleaning yourself, you're just trying to clean dirt off them. Huh? I'm trying to tell you. So, so, so when they come up, see, I, I, he, he just, he came up, and I'm sure that he saw my face, and he might have thought that I, I, I had something wrong with me. And, I, and when I turned to him, I just grinned, because I was, I was glad that he came, and he just took me, and, that, and that's different. Now, little old man, about this tall, little old man, just, just feeble, come up and touch this big old black man with a mean look on his face. <laughs> and I grinned, and I apologized in my mind, and said, I, I got to do better than that. Right? And I appreciate it. I thank you. See, so 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 pride, that, that's important. Don't think of yourself. Kind of sins in the lowest in the room. Cheyenne, wherever you go. Jaime, wherever you go. Ken, wherever you go, you make sure that you condescend to the lowest in the room. Make sure that you're in tune with that one, because it's up to you to speak for those who have no voice. And to stand for those who have no legs. And to show them Jesus. So you don't go in trying to match up with those who you think got a lot. Huh? You don't go in. What did James say? James said it, and he said it in a place. Y'all sit in here. And you say to the poor, sit at my feet. Well, then a rich man comes in with rings and all this. You give him the best seat in the house. But he said, don't you understand? That's the same one dragging you in the court. That ought to be a lesson, shouldn't it? You ever notice in life, we go chasing after the folk who ain't no good for us? Huh? Yeah. I remember that after school. Girl, I'm chasing some mean dude. Like, 
See to it, brethren, that no bit of root. You gotta find that anger. And see, like this morning when we talked about how to forgive, and in that poor part right there, when we talked about uh, 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 when you 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 get 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 a uh, get a complete handle, come to grips with what somebody has done to you. Come to grips with it, and understand that God is gonna forgive you for every part of it. See, when you come to that. You gotta understand. You gotta ask yourself sometimes about the situation when you're trying to forgive somebody. You gotta ask yourself, why am I so angry? Why am I so hurt? Why am I so bitter? And then you gotta get to the heart of that bitterness and that anger, and you got to deal with it. Because if you don't deal with the core issue, it's going to stay with you. Don't you understand why? That's why David said, Lord, cleanse me with this. See, that was, that was a cleaning agent. That was a cleaning agent that, that's better, better than bleach. Y'all know, some of y'all love clean with bleach. Some of y'all don't even believe the house clean unless it smells like bleach. You walking around, you almost choke smelling all that bleach. <laughs> <laughs> Why the whole house got to smell like chloride? <laughs> uh, pine saw and all that. You get a contact high. What is going on here? Uh, you know, people clean with all that. I hope you remember to ventilate when you clean. Uh, I, I laughed at my mother one time when she did something. My mother and I did the same thing. One time she was cleaning out the bathroom, was using some ammonia or something, and then the door swung closed, <laughs> swung closed on it. And she was almost overcome. I like it. It just happened. It just happened over the door time. She said, "Thank God." <laughs> she said, "I turned around to reach for the door, and I just couldn't quite make it." <laughs> I did the same thing one time. We went clean, 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 clean. I heard a little. I said, "Oh no!" <laughs> Because you're responsible for your relationship with the Lord. 
Huh? Ephesians 4.31, James 3.14. I hope this is making sense to you about some attitudes we just can't use. And these attitudes, you know what? We can't use them, but if you keep these attitudes, they will show up use you. Huh? Huh? So how you doing this? Bitterness causes one to act harshly toward others, look at others with a jaded perspective and an unpleasant demeanor. Proverbs 22:24. Go over there for me, Caleb. Uh, Proverbs 22:24. So look at that. And look at each other. Look at others with a jaded perspective. You know what that means? When you have a jaded perspective, you start to look at people like, oh, you, you ain't about, you ain't doing nothing. You talk a good game, but you ain't doing nothing. Okay, I heard, heard it all for, yeah, let me explain, no, they be this, they be that. God is ain't hurt in that. See, I have to shut you down. See, when you get jaded, when you get checked, y'all, 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 y'all. You get jaded, and then everything is just talk, talk, talk. Yeah, wah, wah, wah in my ear. All right, Proverbs 22, 24, what's it say? Do you see that? It said, make no friendship with an angry man, with a furious man. But some of you gonna do it anyhow, thinking you can douse their furious flames. And you're gonna play yourself for a fool. No, 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 no. And it says, see, they're unpleasant, they're unpleasant in their demeanor. They're not nice to talk to and Nobody likes to be around, nobody likes to be around bitter Betty's. You know what a bitter Betty is? Bitter Betty's always complaining, always got a story. Nothing can ever get better. It's always getting worse. I can't help it. It just happens. It's always me. Blah, 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 blah. Y'all gonna be sitting there having a great conversation, and here come Bitter Betty. Sprinkling bitterness all over. Don't be that. Don't, don't, don't be that. Right? Envy and jealousy. What's the say down here? Or it must be spoiled. Why is it free? 
some, it's not enough. Give them most, it's too much. Huh? And always want them something else. Don't nobody want to be around that. Huh? We can't enjoy nothing. Because you all got something to say. Huh? Huh? You got to get away from that princess and the pea mentality. Y'all know what that is, right? The princess and the pea? No matter how many mattresses stack up, she can still feel that pea way down there. She was lying. She couldn't feel the pee. <laughs> the pee was her problem in her head. Huh? And if you feel it sometimes, just scoop to the other side. There's plenty of room. See, so the thing is, Sarah and Hagar, Rachel and Leah, Joseph and his brothers, King Solomon and death. Y'all know about Sarah and Hagar, right? Now that story got messed up. You know why? Because Sarah had to put her hand in it. She couldn't be patient and wait on the Lord, right? God was going to work it out. Didn't he say she was going to have a child? Yeah, he said. She said, but you know what? I just feel like I need to help God out. I feel like God's taking too long. So I'm going to send my, my handmaid in too. I'm going to send my handmaid in to my house today. Now, now, Abraham's sitting there talking, just going along with it. Okay. okay. <laughs> then she gets pregnant, and then, hold up, man, you, you did it. You're going to turn around. And Sarah couldn't even stand to look at the girl. Now she's pregnant. She's brushing her hair. You know, because the hair start getting long and silky when they're pregnant. You get that glow. I used to say that all the time. When they're pregnant, it's just so beautiful. The hair get all long. The nails get white. And they start glowing and all that. Because it's, what is it? Calcium deposits or something? Whatever. But it's like she's sitting here just combing her hair, and Sarah looking at her like, you like, can't stand her. You need to get her up out of here. <laughs> but here's the problem, though. Here's the problem, though. Sarah didn't, didn't, Sarah didn't, didn't, didn't see Sarah was the fairest in the land. Yeah. Even at an old age, she was fairest in the land. So why on earth would you be jealous of that child? Especially when you did. Huh? I, I need to remind some of y'all about back in the 60s about, about, uh, about the cleanup woman <laughs> and the cleanup man. Huh? If you want to, know somebody who can. So when it happened, you can't stand there and be upset because you took it for granted, you lost it. Huh? So then, so then you see that, right? Right, Galatians 5, 21, James 3, 14 through 16. See that envy and jealousy. Nobody wants to be around that because you always look at it and you always want somebody else's stuff. All the time and never appreciate your stuff. You know when you're dealing with somebody jealous, it doesn't matter what you buy them, what you're getting them. If it, if it ain't what somebody else got, they're going to have a problem. Hmm? Always complain about what she ain't got, what her girlfriend got. First Peter 2 1, Romans 13 13. No, I ain't going to say it. Romans 13 13. Right? Envy and jealousy can damage relationships and trust, can cause one to turn against others, and can consume you. Is that true, church? It will damage a relationship because you know what? After a while, that other person in a the relationship, they get to the point where they just throw up their hand and say, I will never, ever be enough. I'm not enough for you. I'm never going to be enough. And they get hopeless and they become helpless. I just, I just, I just, I just can't with you. Right? So busy focusing on other things. Y'all remember Ahab? 
Ahab had the whole kingdom. And, and, and fell out. Because he couldn't keep that little piece that was gone. And he curled up like a baby. Crying. Huh? How many of you curl up and cry and throw a fit because you can't have that little piece of what you think you deserve? And then here comes that woman. She said, you a king want me to get it for you, baby? <laughs> I can get it for you, baby. That's no good. No, that's some old baby boy syndrome. You ought to be a grown man. You ought to be better than that. Contentious. Contentious one seeking or causing strife or conflict resulting in rivalry or discord. Content. Uh, uh, content uh, in Jude chapter 3. While we, are while we are to contend, we do not need to be contentious. We ought to contend for the faith, but not contend against each other. Huh? We don't have to, when we stand up for the faith, but we don't stand up against each other. We don't have time to be doing all this infighting. The enemy is on the out, we got to keep him on the outskirts and keep him from setting up camp in our homes, in our lives, in our minds, in our minds. And we do that by standing up to Jesus and keeping his word planted, rooted deeply within our hearts. Right? We, 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 we are content. And then something else. Proverbs 18, verse 6, and 1 Corinthians 1, 11, and Galatians 5, 20. Go to 1 Corinthians 1, 11 for me, uh, Cyan. Go to Galatians 5, 20 for me, uh, uh, Caleb. Go over there and take a look at that. And tell me what it says in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 11, when we're talking about being contentious. You know what it means to be contentious. You ever dealt with a contentious person? They just bite you every step of the way. Huh? Can't never be, can't never be all right. You can't never come to an agreement. First Corinthians one verse eleven. What's it say? For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. They're in the house of Chloe. They're in their arguments, mm -hmm. and you got to go and settle that argument. We ought not to be arguing amongst ourselves, right? Galatians five twenty. What's it say? Okay.
at your brother because you know what you're doing? And your sister, because you're always arguing with one another, bickering with one another, picking at each other, always attacking each other. That's no good, right? Because what it does, it discourages them and it runs them down. You're supposed to be supporting and building them up, but you're breaking them down. And then it affects those outside. Because guess what? Other people see God's people fussing and fighting between one another. And they say they're supposed to have the truth. Huh? And then it's a disposition. See, Proverbs 18, verse 19. You over there? Go ahead and read, Tommy. it's better to try to work with your brother than to offend him. So when you, so, so she's saying, when you get into it with the neighbor, right? Because I haven't heard y'all do it before. <laughs> <laughs> Thing is, don't attack her and attack her more. Don't back off of what she just said. Apologize for it. Back off of it, stop arguing. If she won't stop, you stop. You stop and you say, hold it. Because I'm a Christian. You're a Christian now. So you stop and say, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, you know, that, I mean, I, what you said bothered me. And I should have said it to you this way instead of leading off with a name. I, you know, we do we call a name first or say something about somebody, hurt their feelings first, and then tell them what they did wrong. You don't do it that way. Because the moment you hurt their feelings, then the, the, the gate come down. And it becomes a strong city that you can't penetrate. So you don't lead off with a, a, an offensive word or you don't lead off with an offensive way of speaking. See, you want people to listen to you, but you don't know how to talk to folk. You try to share God's truth, but you don't know how to talk to folk. Huh? You, you, you too busy, you need and you ought and you better, all this kind of stuff. No, can we talk together? Can we read together? Can we, even God said, come, let us reason together. Let us sit down together, read it together, talk together, pray together, think together. Let us do it like that, together. But you don't come at them, because see, sometimes it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Huh? What you could be, what you're saying could be the show of absolute truth. But if you hurt my feelings first, it's going to be harder for me to hear. Because I'm going to look at you through a lens of pain. You hurt me, so now i got to defend me. See? And you'll think, and you, you know, we'll come off with some stuff. See, what your problem is right now, see, what your problem is, you, you, see, you can't handle the truth. You can't stand the truth. You don't like when I bring the truth. Why you got some problem with your truth? I got a problem with how you talking to me. You're not going to talk to me that way. Not now, not ever. And I'm not going to talk to you that way. You will not talk to me that way. Because see, when that happens, then we start to trigger one another. And when both people get to triggering, they start shooting. Next thing you know, we got shots fired, and it's a fight, and it's nothing going on. It's just a battle back and forth. Bullets bouncing all over the place. We can't talk, and no love is penetrating. 
but you don't know how to talk. And if you don't know how to talk, then pray first. Talk to the Lord. I know it's right up, but I, I'm gonna I gotta tell you, I'm gonna tell you. Does that not make sense? Stop shooting at people first, and guess what? It's not an excuse to be said, well, you, you know, I was just upset at the time. So what? That does not justify it. God said you can control me. So you best control me. And talk to each other better than that. See, we can get a long way with kind words, see? Huh? I heard Carrera sign tell me that one day. He said, I learned that you can get much farther, Miss Johnson.
conducive to people being able to ask questions and get answers. And you've got to create a, 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 an environment that's conducive in your conversations that people can ask questions and get answers. Huh? And I see us, we're getting better than that. We're getting better, we're getting better. You know, uh, I saw it in Sister Tarji at one point. You know, she, she's always a, a talking person, willing to talk. But the good, the good thing about it is she's always willing to open up and share about her experience. Where I came from and what I went through. That'll take you, that, 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 that'll take you so far in learning to lead. Be willing to open up. See, you can't, see the thing is, if you're not willing to open up, you can't teach. And if you're not willing to be hurt sometimes, you can't love. Huh? If you're walking around too afraid to be hurt, then forget about love. Because in love, you will be hurt sometimes. Matter of fact, by saying you love somebody, you're giving them permission to hurt you sometimes. But it's something you to understand that not every offense is on purpose. Sometimes it's accidental. Sometimes they just didn't know. Huh? So you can't walk around here fighting, talking about you want to be in love and you love somebody, but I don't want to get hurt. Well, then you, 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 you sell that dream somewhere else because it's not reality. Huh? So, and I just say that about Sister uh, Tarja because I've seen her change like that, right? I, I've seen, I've seen Sister uh, uh, Aaliyah change like that, y'all. She went for somebody who was <laughs> And gradually opened up to the point where I couldn't even hug you. Like you're too big to hug me. I'm like, <laughs> 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 but so I got tickled. She's like, you're too big to be hugging me like that. I'm so sorry. Sometimes I don't love my strength. I just want to love you and hold you, squeeze you and pet you. I just want to be friendly. <laughs> so the thing is, but you learn to open up, and we all open up. Sister Brookfield opened up. Huh? Huh? Sister Denise Boomer opened up like a little, little platoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stop making people make folks comfortable, y'all. Callous, hard demeanor, uncaring in words of demeanor, hard heart. Pharaoh was an example of that, right? And Christians are to care. We must care with every word that we say. We can't have hard hearts, because when you have a hard heart, you know what a hard heart will do? A callous heart, a callous heart will do this. It'll do this. It'll do little good with others, lead to many a previous attitudes, more likely to turn others away than win them when your heart is hard. Huh? When your heart is hard, you'll turn people away. And it's the gateway to the other attitudes. When your heart is hard. Christians, we gotta have soft hearts. And always willing to love. Always willing to embrace. Always. Uh, I think y'all heard the brother say that this morning. I think the brother this morning said something. He said, he said he, I think he said something like, he remembers coming here like 15 years ago or something. And he said, you know one thing that sets Watkins Road apart from any other place? He says, it's just, the, it, 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 when you come here, it's warm every time. The people are warm and they're welcoming every time. It's like it never changes and it's so genuine. He's, I've never been anywhere like that where the people are just the same. All, well, we got to be the same because it's just who we are. We love folks. We love folks. Right? Y'all know about grumpiness and ill will. Bad temper, salty, surly, while not, uh, not directly mentioned in the Bible as contrary to attitudes we ought to have. Examples in Nabal, King Saul, and distressed spirits. Y'all know grumpy 
right? You know, the grumpy ones, you know, I remember the grumpy ones when I was coming up, grumpy folk, you know what they always do? They always used to gravitate toward the back. And don't dare try to get on the wall. They'll tear up the church. He know I sit here all the time. Who is he? Who's out there with him? Then they tried to rope the back seats off. They went off. How you going to rope it off? What, what, what is this? You trying to control the church. Don't come out the back. They always trying to fade to the back. That's why preachers walk to the back. They come back there to the back. So you can't hide. You know, they always want to hold the back down. People are like, won't you come up? No, because, no, because, no, because. Well, leave them back there sulking. Don't you be silly enough to go back there with them? If you know they're sitting back there sulking, you know they're back there being ill will, why would you dim your light and sit back there with them? Why would you be pulled away from truth? See, that shows that you're losing your influence. You need to march ahead. You need to march forward. If they don't want to move, so be it. You move. Y'all might think you might think it doesn't matter. But best believe it does matter. Because just like they will stand back, sit in worship, guess what they'll do? They'll do that in life. In your life with them, they'll always be dragged. They'll be that anchor. So how long do you want to drag that dead weight? They have an issue they need to get right. So you stop being part of their issue, get out of the way, and let them. Think about the effects that when you're chasing after grumpy, ill-willed people, think about how it affects you. Think about how it affects your attitude. Think about what it does to you. Did Abigail let Nabal hold her back? No, she did not. She got up and she knew who David was. Huh? When they brought that message back to David, David said, strap him up, boys. I promise you, he is dead tonight. Abigail said, that's the king. You can't play with him. She gathered up stuff and went and was, she intervened. Abigail didn't let herself be held back. Just like Jesus didn't let himself be held back. She's a type of Christ. You're supposed to be leading through your service, not falling back. Right? Does this portray Jesus favorably? Does this demonstrate joy? Is it joy when you're walking around grumpy all the time? How you doing, fool? How you been, fool? How you gonna be? Well, what we talking about? And you ever notice when you talk to them, when you talk to grumpy folk, you know that somehow it's always your fault that they're grumpy? <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, just don't hinder me. You don't want to go find. Just don't hinder me. And don't let yourself be hindered. Christians ought to live so that others are at ease around us. They used to say we ought to live so that God can use us. Huh? We all face difficulties at times, but even then, we can still control our attitude around others. We can. We can. We can. Because we got a Holy Spirit that says we can. Right? How do you act around others? Do you act the way that God would have you to act? Or do you have you to have these attitudes that God simply can't use? Because if you continue with these attitudes that you simply can't use, then you're no longer useful. And when you're no longer useful, you can end up falling out of this life real easy. Huh? I've seen people who've got an issue they can't live with for. You know, you might invite, you invited somebody to live with you for a little while. They get in your house and they just as ugly as they want to be. That's not right. They ought to be glad you let them come in there, let you come in their home. But you got to work together to create comfort. You got to come. You got to work together, right? Huh? Can't be sitting there trying to fight over the thermostat. It gets to the point where you got one garbage thermostat. Don't you touch this. Right. We got to be better than that. Jesus is there. And you know what? You know what the Bible says where two or three are gathered? In my neighbor, I am in the midst. What it should. What it says actually is where two or three are gathered in agreement, there I am in the midst. When they come together and agree, Jesus will be there. And we need the Lord in order to forgive and be forgiven and get better and get rid of these bad attitudes. Let's get rid of the attitudes we can't use and put on the proper attitude. Jesus will give you a proper attitude if you just come to him, give him your hand, and let him wash all your sins away, put the spirit in you.